ಮಂಗಳಂ ಗುರುದೇವಾಯ ದೇವಿ ಮತ್ರಿಕ್ಷ ಮಂಗಳ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಭಕ್ತ ಬೃಂದೇವ್ಯೋ ಸರ್ವಲೋಕಾಯ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಓಂ ಸ್ಥಾಪಕಾಯ ಚರ್ಮಸ್ವರ್ವಧರ್ಮಸ್ವರೂಪಿಣೆ ಅವತಾರವರಿಷ್ಠಾಯ ರಾಮಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಸರ್ವಮಂಗಲಮಂಗಲೇ ಶಿವೆ ಸರ್ವಾರ್ಥಸಾರಿಕೆ ಶರಣ್ಯೇ ತ್ರಂಬಕೆ ಗೌರಿನಾರಾಯಣಿ ನಮಸ್ತೆ so after a long time continuing our series so we took a for many years we've been we were speaking and reading from shrimad bhagavatam we finally got krishna lila and then i had a fit of inspiration and we switched to the kali sasanama the thousand names of kali and because also after all it's also nice at a kali temple and kali devotees to think about kali occasionally right uh uh So thinking and originally my original my orig- originally my original idea that's the thing to say yeah, my original idea was to maybe go back and forth one week Kali Sasanama and one week uh, um uh, uh, the Bhagavatam stories of Krishna as to not to break those the uh, to keep these two we don't lose that and 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 also the Kali Sasanama to me is very it's very nourishing for me because we get to think deeply about things that we haven't had a chance to discuss um but also i'm after all these years we finally got the krishna lila and they're really sweet and meaningful uh uh childhood pastimes of krishna there his bala lila were right now which is especially nice so I, that's why i'm thinking i had i have it posted also online where tonight it's kali sasanam because because it's navaratri so better to speak about ma next week we'll read from continue our, continue the childhood adventures of lord krishna and then next next week we'll go back and forth like that most likely if 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 it's not if it's not if it's not too jarring i don't think it is we just talk we can spend satang also we spend we spend the time thinking of god and discussing god so it's a good thing <coughs> so um where i think on verse 7 after so and the shrimad bhagavatam we have 18000 verses so it's taken a little while the kali sasanama has 154 verses So we'll take we're on verse 7. So it's going to take a little while to go through it. It also keeps us going. Uh um and each verse has as you know uh, between 4 to 8 names it depends on how short or long the names are. And they're in clusters. They're not uh sometimes there there names clusters of names for you to get some point. And so today this week has a unique cluster of kind of um uh fierce of course all the names many of the names of Kali have a fierce quality to them. Remember the first verse, the first name, Smashana, Smashana Kali, right? So it starts with cremation grounds. So it has that environment compared to as we mentioned like uh, the 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 Sasanama starts with Shri, Lakshmi, right? And uh, uh, Mata, mother, Shri Mata, right? So it's a different flavor. Um so this cluster is a little bit still in a little bit in the kind of um fierce uh images of Ma. Uh so we'll we'll see what has to be known about this. Now the question is we were discussing a little while ago before T why are we doing this in one sense you know why are we think why are we studying about Kali why are we studying about Krishna why are we studying about God what can we know about God right and so I mean Ambikananda translated a verse in the Bengali can you find the verse Sri Ramakrishna's own words hmm the verse the verse the sentence on and sri ramakrishna's words sri ramakrishna's words are also mantras right every word in the 11th canto of the first part he says tar guno koti bochor bichar kolyo kichu jante parbena 
translates as um, even if you reason for 10 million years you won't be able to know anything about her qualities so it's like you, you, we, we can study and think and contemplate and reason and analyze for 10 million years we won't know anything about her <laughs> so the thing is so that the what's the purpose that makes you wonder what's the purpose of study Right, and so uh, 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 Sri Ramakrishna often considered pundits to be like mere straw, like a mere pundit. It was like it was like a, almost an insult. Really, they pundit was an educated person, a scholar of some sort, right? A scholar who knows so many things about religion, right? But the person who we trust most, who knows fact, the person who probably actually knows something about religion, says that all the study, all the thinking, all the analyzing, all the. Uh, uh, you could, for, what, not even like 10 million years is the number <laughs> you can do this for 10 million years and maybe we've done it for 10 million years how many lives we've been trying we'll figure it all out we'll study we'll get it all right we'll get the philosophy right right we'll, we'll uh, uh, uh. but it's so if 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 Sri Ramakrishna's words are correct right that we can't actually know by 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 reasoning God what's the value of reasoning What's the value of study? What's the value of thinking and listening, attending classes and reading, uh, going to satsangs, being in the company of, of sadhus and saints and devotees, right? Uh, apparently, it's not to know any of her qualities. Right? <laughs> it's interesting because one of the we in, in in the last class, which was many months ago before I went to India, we discussed actually what is it when, when we say, "Oh, Kali is like this," or "Kali looks like this." Her Kali's name, her name is Kali, her name is Durga. She, I mean, here's name after name, Smashanavasini, Kalika Devi, uh, uh, um, Kaulini, Kanta, Kamakya, all these different names we're giving, right? And usually, in, uh, in common language, I don't want to overdo because we've, we, we gave a class on this, we talked a lot about this in a previous class. When we name something, we're naming, we think we're naming our understanding of it. We name what we understand, it, and, and naming it means we understand it. Right, we can discuss it. We can we can define it. A name is the beginning stage of a definition, perhaps. Right, uh, we, uh, but we're naming something that's beyond the mind's ability to comprehend. The mind is infinitesimally small, and God, of course, we say infinite. We don't know what infinite means. We don't have a concept. Even the idea of infinite is, a, is just an, a word, a name, a word we give something to, to idea we don't know. Right, we can think of inconceivably—that's a better word—inconceivably big. Right, Inf infinite. We don't have—we don't know what infinite means. We don't have a. Uh, so we can say something beyond our understanding. Inconceivably big. So even the greatest mind is infinitesimally small compared to that something that's inconceivably big. Right. And so Sri Ramakrishna's famous example—he says an ant goes to is walking and he comes upon a giant mountain of sugar. He goes, "Wow, wow, awesome!" Right. He takes one one or two grains in his mouth, takes a few on his back and goes back to his ant hole thinking, tomorrow I'll come get the rest. Right? He can't, no matter, that a, a small ant and a mountain of sugar. Not a pile of sugar, a mountain. Maybe you have to think of like a mountain size of sugar. Right? So he, he doesn't need to, under, to get to grasp the whole mountain of sugar. Right? And then Sri Ramakrishna said that even the great saints, the sages, are big ants at best. They may hold a little bit more experience, right? but they can't comprehend the, the immensity of it. It's not, it's not a. It's not. It's not comprehensible. The mind. It's not comprehensible by the mind. That's the, that's the thing, right? So why? But we're using the mind to listen, to study, and think about, and contemplate, and we do japa and meditation and 
all the things, where you, what's the purpose of it? Uh, so if it's one thing we have to understand, it's not it's not to underst- not to understand her qualities, right? Uh, uh, there's a um, uh, because the instrument of understanding the mind is insufficient. It's an it's an incorrect instrument to understand something that's beyond, that's by its very definition beyond its uh, uh, category, right? So I, I I'm just from just this morning I was remembering I was a little bit thinking of my not not the verses but just thinking of this topic, and a ver- I, I remember a story that uh, uh, Swami Ram Sukadev he was a uh, from the, um, the uh, Gita Press, he was the head of Gita Press, very great saint, and he made a. Uh, I got a satsang. We get. I get some of his um, messages. He's passed away now, but some of his words from his talks are. We get them on emails uh, every morning. And so a long time ago, one story was told. It's like really strange. I may have told the story a long time ago, maybe years ago. It was a long time ago, but it was great. It says an, oh, a grand a grandfather is a child, and there's a, a, a at the uh, a fireplace. And there's a basket that holds charcoal, right? You know, a, 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 a screened basket that you hold to hold firewood or, you know, like we, you know, to hold, you know, you see those type of things that hold. But it's, it's like mesh. It's, it's green. It's all dirty and full of soot and like this, right? And, he, and the grandfather tells the son or the grandson, you take this and go to the river and get me some water. And to the grandpa, it's a very strange thing to ask. How are you going to get? But, he, but obedient to his uh, uh, grandfather, he goes to the river and he picks the water. And of course, the second he lifts the basket out of the water, there's no water in it. And he goes back and he goes, "Oh, you didn't bring any water. Go back and get me some water." And he goes back as a basket, and he comes back, and again he comes back, no water. Right? This is, is it, but grandfather, don't disobey me. You're, you're your little boy. You don't, you don't have no right to. You simply obey your elders. I go back and get me some water. So again and again, he, he goes back with the basket, and again comes back. Again he goes back, and again he comes back. And finally the boy says, "There's no, I can't bring you water this way. Right? A basket, a, a screen basket cannot bring water. Right? He says, y- yes, but look at the basket now, it's clean. Right? By doing this, he cleaned the basket. But the basket wasn't the instrument to bring water. Right? But... Going to the water again and again, cleaned the basket, cleaned all the filth of the basket. And so our Guruji always he often says that sadhana, all sadhana, including, uh, you call this um, swadhyaya, self-study or study of the scriptures, contemplation of spiritual truth, sadhana, study, all these, uh, meditation, all aspects of sadhana has only one uh, purpose. He says, mana shuddhi, the purification of the mind. Right? By thinking of these things, we don't, we can't, we won't grasp her. We won't grasp him, right? But we will become purified. And something happens when the mind is purified. To use another example of Sri Ramakrishna, he says, uh, 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 the nature, like if you have, a, here you have a magnet and you have a needle. The nature, of the, need, the nature of the needle is to be attracted by the magnet. And the nature of the magnet is to attract the needle, right? You don't need to do anything like this, right? So, but if the needle is covered in crud and mud, Right and filth, right? Then even if it's right next to the magnet, it won't move. It, for all intended purposes, no attraction. It can't feel the attraction, and if there's attraction, it, there's no response to it. But if you start washing the needle, what happens? Right? Automatically, that's the nature of the needle is to be attracted. It will automatically go. Right? So that by contemplating spiritual truth and thinking about the different names and pastimes and qualities and and, and lilas and, 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 and uh, gunas of God, it's not because we're going to get God this way, we're going to understand God this way. 
right? But slowly the mind becomes purified, like the basket coming from the water again and again. When the mind and heart become, manashud means, we, we have, in our emotional language of English, we have, you know, the, we use the mind is different than the heart, but then in, it's simply manas. Manas includes our mental and, and emotional minds, right? So in, in Sanskrit, manashuri means cleaning, uh, 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 the, the washing the the the, um, the needle, the mud off the needle, right? So the mind becomes clean, the heart becomes clean, our ha- our our karma is light, light. Then automatically, that which our natural devotion to God springs, right? And so, uh, uh, so like a ma- like a needle can never understand what a magnet is, right? But it but its nature is to be drawn to the magnet. Right, and if you wash it, then what if it actually like flies across the room and sticks to the magnet? Right, you know, like like you can't think. Does it then understand what the magnet is? It still doesn't know what the magnet is, but its nature is fulfilled. Right, it you know, it's like its nature is not to understand; it's to be it's to be in union with the connection with. Right, so it's a different. So uh, the whole purpose of this meditation, but when the mind becomes pure, and 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 the heart and mind become clean and pure. Devotion springs forth, and as devotion springs forth, that itself brings us the experience that uh, called Anubhava, the direct realization, direct experience of a magnet, either trying desperately to get to the needle or getting to the needle, however you want to, whatever, from the sadhana or the siddha perspective, you know, the, the, uh, uh, this is the point of it all. So some of these names of Kali, of uh, this unlimited, being that there's the, the quality, thinking about the qualities, names and qualities of God will never allow us to understand the names and qualities of God, right? But by contemplating them, also I brought up earlier that, that when we give a name to something, we give, we're naming our understanding of it. But actually, we're not really doing that. We're naming our ignorance of it, right? Usually, right? When we say, oh, this is that. We're actually we're taking a tiny little aspect of that and, 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 and giving it that title and then think we understand it. And by doing so, we actually close ourselves off to further understanding. We, it's once, you, once you know something, you don't know thing, you, it's hard to learn something more about, about it. Right? But when the names of God, the qualities of God, are the names of not of our knowledge and not of our ignorance, but of the mystery. We've used this term before. We're naming the mystery. We're naming the unnameable. We're thinking about the unthinkable, right? We're contemplating that which is uncontemplatable, right? So it's the mystery. So actually, by by knowing that it's a mystery, we don't get stuck. Because as soon as you say, "Oh, God's like this," that's a very dangerous position. You can say, I mean, sometimes we can say, "We can say, oh, God is love." Like, I mean, these are, but we don't even know what these things. We, or God is. God is Jesus or whatever, you can, you can get really firm on it, you can get fanatical and violent on it and aggressive. But even if it's not that, even though God is love and God is accept, even that stops any further, deeper understanding. It seems very broad, very gentle, but it doesn't, it doesn't go very deep either. As soon as you, so, but if you, if you understand that whatever you're thinking about God, this is just a way of thinking about something that's inf- infinitely mysterious. Right? So this is important. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, also, this is a point. And there's the, what, what Upanishad is that? Is it a Paramahansa Upanishad or Nirvana Upanishad? Nirvana Upanishad. There's, a, there's a series of Upanishads. There's this called the Sannyasa Upanishads. They're meant for sannyasis. Uh, um, the truth in it are universal, but they're especially meant, sannyasis are supposed to read these Upanishads. 
right? There's different uh, lists of Upanishads for different uh, purposes. And uh, uh, Nirvana Upanishad is especially, it's very sutra-like. Every verse is like short and packed, right? And there's one line, Sahambi means Gagana Siddhanta. That's the, line, that's the whole sentence, right? Siddhanta means, uh, you know, the word Siddhanta, Siddhanta means like your, the conclusion, the uh, understanding, the philosophy, the uh, um, the uh, accepted view, the, the the final verdict, you know, uh, uh, siddhanta, right? So it's like, uh, what's people like, what what's your siddhanta? To come, you know, like, what's your view of this? What's your philosophy? You're following? What's you know, you can, uh, and so like a common thing, people are like, oh, like uh, 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 God is his form, or God is formless. People fight over the siddhanta, and it's that's all important, right? Siddha anta. Siddha means perfect or complete or finished, and anta means end, right? So, but that's a very dangerous thing to say. You have, a, you have, you've, you've come to a final conclusion. Siddhanta means final conclusion. Very dangerous to say the final conclusion is this. Nothing more can be said about God than this. Right? That's siddhanta, right? So, a classic example in Christianity, the siddhanta of mainstream evangelical Christianity, is all of sin falls short of the God. The uh, wages of, of sin is death. Uh, no one, uh, Jesus said, "No one comes to the Father but to me. Those who believe in me shall be saved." You know, it's like it's very clear. You know, that that's that's there's whatever else you can say. This doesn't change. There's nothing more beyond that. We're sinners. The only way out of sin is Jesus's accepting Jesus's salvation. Bus. That's Siddhanta, right? That's a classic example in the Western world. We have many examples in the Indian in, in, the, in the Indian philosophy of the Siddhanta, right? But this Upanishad says Nirvana. Sorry, it's called Nirvana Upanishad. Nirvana means unbounded. So it gives you a hint. Right, so it's, it's going to have a different view. It says Gagana. What's Gagana? You know the word Gagana. You know it means sky. Gagana in, in that mantra, Gagana Sadrisham. You know, and limitless like the sky. So the conclusion is like the sky. Right, the conclusion, the actual conclusion means well, the sky is limitless. It's not really limitless, but it's limited. For it's a great symbol of limitlessness. Right, you look up. Sometimes it's very good to think. You go outside on a beautiful day and you look at. The sky and the clouds and the stars and like that, and you think this, and you think Gagana Siddhanta. The truth is like this, unending, un, un, it's beyond conception. So, if we have a conclusion, the conclusion that there's no conclusion, right? That's the Siddhanta of the of the Nirvana Upanishad, right? Then it says Nirban Devata, and who's the deity of the Sannyasi in this text? Nirbana means without, boundless, uh, uh, un. Unlimited is the deity. The, the philosophy is infinite, like the sky, and the deity is also limitless. Right. So it's not that nothing can be said, but no, nothing, no conclusion can be made, no final conclusion can be made. That's a better thing. We can make conclusion. We think oh, we. Sometimes, you know, uh, well, I don't need. Uh, Sri Ramakrishna also said that you don't need to um, uh, uh, know how much uh, uh, wine is in every bar and every liquor store. Right. A couple glasses enough to get you drunk. Right, you don't need know all wine. A few glasses is sufficient, right? So sometimes the infinitude of God is not we it's good to know God is infinite. We don't get stuck. Right? But we don't need to know God's infinite nature. We know something of God is sufficient. So you even want any one of these names, you know Krishna, you know Shiva, you know he's love or he's compassion or he's ecstasy or he's this or he's a creator or she's a creator or a source, whatever you take one of these it may be sufficient for us. But we don't get stuck that this is the final thing. Right? It's important. And so Kali especially is good at <laughs> breaking these limits, right? Every symbol of Kali is a symbol of that which breaks 
limits, right? Even her symbolism is that of the of, of infinite. So this is a long introduction to our verse seven. And unfortunately, I didn't. Get, usually, I print out those verses. I can do it for next week. I didn't get a chance to print out uh, uh, those verses. Uh, oh, I asked I asked Inez to show me one verse from the uh, Shankaracharya. Why so? If we're, uh, why are we studying if it's not to understand the quality? Because we know we, we can't understand the quality. God's infinite, right? But and by by thinking we become purified, right? That we understand, right? And so Shankaracharya wrote a very nice verse. Right? So it's, it's attributed to Shankaracharya. Probably wasn't the historical Shankaracharya, called in the Bajagovindam, Satsangatve Nishangatvam. Satsangate, satsanga, right? By satsang, which is what we're doing, right? We gather together. We think we think about God. Think about God that we can't think about, right? Why? Obviously, we're not going to understand God this way, right? Shankaracharya doesn't say it's for this purpose. Nirishangatvam, right? By satsanga, by attachment or connection with truths, we become unattached, right? So it's interesting. So, but you can see we can by thinking about religion, we can become really firm and attached. Right, that's not that's not the, the, the what Shankaracharya gives. He says by thinking about the truth, we realize it's infinite, and, and so as a result, we become by being purified and and, liber- and our mind becomes broadened and liberated, we become nishangatvam uh, um, without attachment. And then so by satsang, by attachment or company with with the holy holy people and holy ideas, we become detached or free. Right by this by this attachment detachment of freedom, nishangatve nirmohatvam nirmoha. We become nirmoha. Means moha means um, uh, uh, delusion. Our delusion nir, we, we, our delusion goes away. What did you say? Freedom from delusion. You wrote it here. Um, by by uh, by thinking about divine things in holy company, we become detached. By detachment, our delusion goes away. Right from the nir mohatve nischala tatvam. Right, we know the nischala tatvam. Tatvam means truth. Nischala means unmoving. Right, the steady, unchanging truth. Right, the thing is, we can't know. We just were told, but by, by all the thinking we can do, we'll never know the unthinking truth, the unmoving truth, the eternal, undivine, non-dual, rather the supreme reality. But by satsang, which leads to detachment, which leads to freedom of delusion. We actually get to know. The thing we can't know becomes not known, becomes experienced. It's different, right? You know, uh, 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 we we become established in the in the um, uh, unmoving eternal truth. Nischala tatve jiva mukti, right? And when one is established, and one is experiences the the unmoving eternal ground of being, what happens? Uh, uh, jiva muktihi. We become liberated in life, it's in this life itself. Right? Uh, uh. So this is also, this is a very, you know, when just four lines, the whole structure of the method and the goal and the result of spiritual life is given. Right? You know, good association, holy company, or thinking about these things, it's the thing. Uh, breeds attachment, detachment leads to freedom from delusion, undiluted, one contacts the changeless reality. Contact with reality bestows liberation while alive. So to use the magnet and needle example, right, by, by or the, taking the basket to the water, you know, by washing the needle, 
right? Then one becomes uh, free, and then when one becomes free, one uh, 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 delusion, then then the uh, the being stuck goes away, and automatically one becomes in, uh, connected to the magnet or, or the unchanging reality, and then one one attains the goal of a needle. The goal of a needle is to be attracted, in this example, of course, is straining the example, goal of the needle is to be attracted to the... Once it's attracted or connected or in union with them, then what else needs to be done? Right? That's nothing more... Not much more can be said about spiritual life. Although we'll say... We can say many, many more things, and we'll say many more things, but this is actually what's really being said. Right? Uh, so so in, in the Gita, it has this term Gyan and Vigyan. Right? Gyan means knowledge. Vigyana means means special knowledge or realized knowledge, right? Sri Ramakrishna used the language jnana vigyana in a specialized way, right? He said jnana is to know something. You can know something, you know, not about God, but you can know something. Uh, 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 and vigyana is not just like, it's, it's, the, it's the result of full, th- that understanding. Like he says, like, we can know that milk comes from a cow. That's knowledge. Right, so we also know all that. You know, we can say, "Oh, God creates the universe," so we can say all these different things about religion, about philosophy. It's we can know something, but but it's not the same. But drinking milk and being nourished by getting strength from it—that's called vigyan, right? Or or in or in um, when we were studying the Narada Bhakti Sutras, is Anubhava, or direct uh, personal experience, personal realization. If I just realize knowledge, it's like. It's it's the result of, of realized knowledge, right? That's right. Uh, uh, so this is the the goal: vigyan and vigyan, or uh, fully integrated. What the the result of all this? So in verse, let me go back to my verses here. Uh, sorry, I'm using iPads for satsangs. I don't. This is a big fall down from the path of truth. But in verse seven, so. Uh, so the, the 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 names we 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 last week or last week, God, I'm a, I'm a completing <laughs> last Navaratri. Last Nav- wow, last Navaratri <laughs> during the fall Navaratri, the last time I gave a class, I think, right? Uh, um, uh, we just there is a, a cluster of names. Uh, uh, And, uh, and and a lot of them had there was this one name that came again Kula and that will come again Kula uh, Kaulini Kulini Kula Marga Darshini Pradarshini all these di- Kula Palini all these different names we we discussed that so these names will come up again but this I, I mentioned this cluster of names is a little I want to say Ugra right because actually two of the names have the word Ugra in it so it's a perfect so so we'll start with that so the first name let me find uh, I'll I'll chant the verse if I can if I can figure out how to pronounce it. Karalasya Karala Karalicha Kula Kanta Praja Parajitaha Ugra Ugra Prabha Dipta Viprachitta Mahanana. So this is a cluster of um one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight names. Right, eight names tonight. Hopefully we can get through. I already my introductions are always longer than the class. That's that's uh, my problem. So the first one is actually this uh, karalas, karalasya. 
in the Dhyan Mantra of Mother Kali, called the Dakshina Kalika Dhyanam, that the mantra that describes this form that we worship. It's from a text called the um, Tantrasara of Krishnananda. He was a Bengali uh, saint, scholar, rishi, like that, tantric, who in his Tantrasara, he, he, some people say he composed all these Dhyan slokas for all the different tantric deities. Right. Others say that he compiled existing verses, but a lot of them we don't find anywhere else before him. So either they're in the oral tradition or he himself composed them. Some people said like this form of like how, like this form of Kali is a very ancient goddess, but this form of Kali we see with the four arms, with a garland of skulls. Like this exactly this exact rupa, right? There's no reference of this rupa in this exact form before the Tantrasara of Krishnananda. Right, so either he composed it to give a new form of Kali for people to meditate upon, a very ancient tribal primordial uh, form of the goddess, or a, a new form, or he was this this form was already being worshipped by the tantrics, and he composed verses to pass it to pass on uh, to pass it on. Um, it, that conclusion can't be known, but in it, this word is also there. Karalasya, uh, it means gaping mouth. Right, so this is like, like you know, it's like, so, uh, so these already, the first, the first mantra, she who has a, a gaping mouth, right, uh, uh, and in the Chandi, already this form, this idea is there, right, uh, where, of course, right now is Navarachi, so we're thinking of the stories of the Chandi, there was one demon named Raktabija, right, we know uh, in the story that he had a boon that, he was a servant of Shumba and Nishumba, I think, right? And that's in the third charita of the, of the Chandi, where every time he was stabbed, every drop of blood that hit the earth became another demon with the same form and the same strength and the same power to become more demons, right? Raktabija. Very dangerous, I imagine, you know? So even Durga is fighting. Durga and all these different forms of Durga, all her rupas and are fighting. But every time they, they, they stab him, right, one stab means thousands of, of drops of blood, which means so every time you get one good stab in, you have a thousand or a million more demons. Each one of those, if you stab, creates another million demons or a thousand demons, right? So in the story, it becomes immediately out of control situation, right? It doesn't uh, within a second, it can become an out of control situation, and 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 so in the story, what are you going to do? So. Uh, in that story you have Ambika and you have Chandi and Chandika and then you have all these different forms of Devi that have manifested on the battlefield that have split up in aspects of Ma one of which is Kali I, I'm not sure if Kali manifests here, I forget or whether she's already on the battlefield I'm not, I don't remember exactly is she, she may already be on the battlefield this form of Kali that came from the anger of yeah, it came from the anger of, of, of Ambika of Durga so she says, so the, the, the main Chandika, the main Ambika or Chandika, the main form of the goddess on the battlefield, says, O Kali, right, as I stab, as I stab Raktabija, right, you with your tongue, you, you catch the blood before it hits the ground, right, so, uh, 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 and therefore drained of his blood, he'll fall lifeless to the ground. This was her tech, this was the battle strategy. Right, and so so she so as as the different goddesses pierced him with various cool weapons, uh, as a blood came. So Ma, with her big lolling tongue, licked up, uh, swallowed the blood before it hit the ground, and then slowly drained of all his blood. And then he fell dead to the ground. One demon, 
less, right? And many uh, interpretations of who Raktabija have been given, right? And so, some say he's uh, this uh, desire itself. You one desire, once it's touched, it becomes another desire. It becomes a million more desire. Desire satisfying desire doesn't make a desire go away, right? This satisfying desire makes more desire. Right, like pouring ghee into a fire, Shankaracharya says. Right, you, it doesn't put the fire out. Right, so satisfying desire make, it makes more desire. Right, you know, you see, like making money is great. Right, but if you make money, it doesn't make your need for money go away. It makes you want more money. Right, you know, it becomes like so. That's what's one interpretation. What the interpret? If you try to give a symbolic interpretation of an ancient story, we don't. You know, we we can fit almost anything into it. The story, the interpretation I usually give when I was giving my classes in the Chandi. Uh, is that Raktabija uh, can also represent thoughts of the mind, right? One thought, what happens when we think, um, to give the same, few people haven't been here, weren't here during those many years of the same talk again and again, <laughs> uh, uh, that our thinking, we usually can't control our next thought. Very rarely, right? You think if I, like, so what we think a thought, and that thought leads to another thought, and that thought leads to another thought, and that thought leads to another thought. Right and and all of a sudden you see you think oh my god where you're thinking about something completely unrelated easily, right? And hours have been spent. I mean, Facebook does this for you. It gives you it feeds you thought after thought. You don't even have to think about it. You know, it gives it gives a thought after thought. Things so many things you can just scroll down and see all the things you're supposed to be upset about you didn't know about. Right? <laughs> so be an emotional reaction about things you didn't even hear about. Other people are telling you what you should be upset. It's bad enough when we tell ourselves unlimited stream of thoughts. Now other thoughts are coming to us, right? Uh, uh, so how once so and so when we think, even when we try to think of God, there's a danger, right? Okay, I'm going to think of Kali. I'm going to think of Krishna. So I think it, let's like, think of Kali. So, okay, I think of Kali. So what do you think of Kali? We think something of her, right? She's like this, and that leads to something else, and that leads to something else. Now all of a sudden it becomes one of Kali's devotees, and then, the, and then what that Kali devotee said to you, and then you know, then, then well, he didn't say to you, and then, then pretty soon, and then an hour passed, and your original thought, which is auspicious, trying to think of God, ended up with a thousand other thoughts, right? How thoughts can come out, and pretty soon we, our our mental battlefield is populated with everybody except the original thought, right? And so in the symbolism, if we take, if we if we want to give a symbolic meaning to the story, which we like to do traditional symbolic meaning, not made up. The tongue has some meaning, right? And so, besides Kali being a bloodthirsty goddess of the ancient world, which she also is, but she's also a yogic goddess, a symbol of yogic practice, right? And the tongue is associated with mantra, right? And so, in mantra is one of the few times where your neck thought is given, right? Your first, like, I'm, going to think of, I'm going to think of Krishna, so you say Krishna. And the next, instead of thinking of Krishna, I was thinking, now you're thinking about Krishna like sweets, and then I like sweets, and then my mom used to make sweets, and then, and I don't even like my mom, you know, it becomes like, all of it comes like this, you know, and I was like, whoa, how far, even thought of Krishna can take you to a completely unrelated thought, right? But in Japa, this thought is Krishna, and the next thought is also Krishna, and the third thought after that, I mean, you make my mistakes, but then it's like, oh, again, it's Krishna. Right, so the, the drops the, the drops of blood full of vitality, mental vitality, aren't hitting the ground. They don't have a chance to spur again. Right, they're being swallowed. The mantra, or the, the represented by the lolling tongue in this uh, analogy, metaphor, is swallowed. Right, and slowly, slowly, the mind is drained of its distractions. 
right? That's the that's one interpretation. That's the interpretation I usually think of when I think of Raktabija. Other people have given other interpretations, historical interpretations also, but this one to me is very meaningful because I we want to know some of the stories. All this is true, and all these there's historical things. There's there's um um uh, and there's so many things uh, uh, ways of interpreting uh, uh, these stories and these uh, but. As practitioners, as sadhaks, how what, how does it apply immediately to my immediate experience, not just the development of tantric uh, symbolism through the ages? I and mean, we have books on this. You can see the development of tantra in relationship to the to the Puranas and the Gupta period, and you know it's like you can go through all that, all, the, all this type of thing. It's interesting. It's just history, right? But it's not it's not useful. As a, uh, as a as a as a living story for us, so we try to give it this interpretation. So this is one way of understanding. It. This is her gaping mouth. Gaping mouth also in the image of Kali is always associated with her lolling tongue, right? But a gaping mouth also in the stories of Ka- in, in, the, in, the, in the in the in the images of Kali, she she's she's drinking the blood of Raktabija. She's swallowing retinues of demons. Right, she swallows. The, she can swallow the sun and moon, in the in, in the in the in, in the battle scenes that are given. Right, these sanguine type of scenes. So this this her large gaping mouth, and usually it's associated. This word also means almost was like was was teeth, gaping mouths with fangs or sharp teeth. Right, uh, has that type of meaning to it. Not just gaping mouth, kind of fierce gaping mouth. So that fierce is also kind of like. So it's also like. Something that's got to swallow you and chew you up, right? It's also so. This is a very also very harsh or, or strong image of the divine, right? And but the ancient understanding of Kali, Kali is the, is, is a very ancient form of the ancient uh, rupa or understanding of of the primordial goddess worshipped everywhere all over the world since the beginning of time, right? Uh, 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 she was uh, weave over the years. Over the generations, people have cleaned her, cleaned, cleaned up the the fierce quality of nature. Goddess, is, the, the goddess is na- Mother Nature herself, right? And Mother Nature is birth. If things are born, things live, and then things die, right? That's the that's the way it is. We so even in our nice sthisthisthiti vinashanam shakti bhute sanatini, we say in our prayer, right? Sthisthisthiti vinashanam. She think she's the one who gives. She's the Shakti that gives things birth. She sustains them, and then she destroys them. Right. So the image of the, uh, given in many of the tantric scriptures and the, uh, uh, is that of a mother, Mother Nature herself. What does she do? She births her children. She feeds them, and then she eats them. This is a. It's a very hard. But that's actually that's not our earthly mothers. Usually, only do two of these three things, right? Hopefully, right? Without without legal problems, you know. But but you see the cause. The the the, the mother nature. She is the one who gives. We're we're born from her, and she is the one feeding us. It's our, we're born from our mother, our earthly mother, and she feeds us, right? But mother nature at the end also swallows us, right? Also eats us, right? So that gaping mouth, lolling tongue, fierce teeth is also a fact. Right? It's not an easy fact, not a very gentle fact, but it's a fact. Right? Uh, we have to see nature boldly. Right? And we, due to the influence of Christianity and the religions that predated Christianity that fed its ideas, right, uh, we, make, we have a very dualistic view of, of, of we're disconnected from nature and we've, we've, made, we've made nature a warring party of good and bad. 
right? And 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 good and bad. We all have we all have good and bad fighting. That's a perfect metaphor of these demons and gods and like that. It's, a, it's perfect. It's not it's not an inappropriate metaphor. The battle between good and evil and dark and light and gods and demons. That's very very good. But we don't attribute good and bad to the to the absolute reality, right? That that there's an absolute good that's called God. And opposed to that, there's an absolute bad called the devil, right? Not just a demon, but the devil, right? The, the anti-god, right? You, uh, uh, um, uh, so that's a, and that's an easy thing. So therefore, birth, the one who gives us birth, that's God, right? But what, what, who causes death? The devil causes death, right? So that's a very strange thing. It's like, you know, like, you know, a moth comes. The other day, you know, we, uh, a, 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 a big, um, what's it called, um, uh, uh, a grasshopper came and it landed in, 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 in the in the car in, in the in the outside here, right? A big car, and I was scared of grasshopper because they eat our tulsi, right? They're scary like that. And then within a few seconds, then all of a sudden, like this big giant crow came and just grabbed it and went off, right? So you're like, oh my God, look what the devil did, right? No, this is Nate. This is this is the, this is the plan of nature. This is how it works. Right, and, and and sometimes we also think like when we think of like the world of samsara, the path, the, the ocean of birth and death. Right, I was, this is a um, something I came. I was thinking a little bit about my this last trip in India, uh, um, that usually we think of oh like uh, ocean of birth is that I'm gonna I don't want to like, I'm gonna be reborn, and and so for trying to get out not to be reborn to become liberated from the, from birth and death like that. But it's almost, it's, that's that, of course, being, being reborn or not reborn is in the ocean of birth and death or not, or liberated in the ocean of birth and death. But the world itself is an ocean of birth and death. It's not just our birth and death. As you see, everything is being, I mean, like in Calcutta, you know, like here we cover, we don't see anything being born and we never see anything being killed, right? Or dying, right? Like if, uh, uh, even if there's, you know, you see an animal hurt, you call the animal people, they come take it away. You never see anything, you never see anything suffer. Right, uh, it's a, everything's pla- everything's ra- our food's wrapped in plastic. We don't see anything. It's not, never obvious. We never see anything. Uh, but in India, it's very different, right? You know, it's like it's uh, uh, all the Calcutta, especially where it's all on the, all everything's on the street. It's not a vegetarian culture. It's like people chopping the head of a chicken in front of you, and you're walking by to get sweets. Like going, whoa, that's not something I wanted to ever see, <laughs> right? There's a reason we don't see that here because it's not a nice thing to see, but. A thousand chickens were born that day, and a thousand chickens were killed that day. Another thousand chickens. It's like it's like I don't, I'm happy not to be too in, in, in invested in that cycle. It's not a very nice cycle. It's not a pleasant cycle to be in. But it's the it's the nature of the world. It's birth and death, birth, sustenance, and death. She she's giving birth to everything, and everything is eating itself also. So this this image she has the first verse here is like she has a big gaping mouth. That's I mean from that gaping mouth she's swallowing everything. Right, she is the womb that gives birth to everything. She is the mother who nurtures everything with her breast, and she is the gaping mouth that swallows everything. So these are interesting things. Usually, we think the symbol of the Devi is the yoni, the womb, right, who gives birth to everything. The symbol of the mother is the breast, who nurtures and feeds everything. But she's also in Kali. You can't get away from the other forms of Devi. You, these things are cleaned up a little bit. Right, but Kali, she has fierce teeth, a lolling tongue, and a gaping mouth. Right, she also swallows everything. Right, it's a full picture, in a certain sense, of the goddess, of the divine mother. Nothing's hidden, uh, and so, and actually, even in the image of Kali itself, the one has become many, and when you become many, you become, become the world of duality. And the world of duality is birth and death, it's health and sickness, 
It's success and failure. It's honor and dishonor. All these things always come. So you see the two sides of Maul. There's there's hands giving blessings and fearlessness, and there's hands waving swords, right? And and holding bloody, freshly severed heads, right? Because we see, we don't make a distinction that the the that which is wonderful is divine, that which is pleasant is divine, that which is horrible is also divine. It's a um, uh, 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 uh. It requires a certain boldness, right? A boldness. Kali devotees have a particular boldness that's 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 uh, appropriate. Jaima. It's appropriate to their uh, temperament, right? Ability to see God in the sublime and God in the horrible. The horrible is also sublime. Not that we want the horrible. We shouldn't want death. We shouldn't want sickness. We shouldn't want poverty. But in spite of that, when sometimes we'll, sometimes. Uh, Fake will not give us what we want. Eventually, sometimes we get sick, and eventually we're going to die. It's still a fact. Even if, not that we want, we shouldn't to, to want sickness, to want suffering, to want darkness, and that's some sign of mental illness. That's that's not that's not the goal. But we should see it. But but in spite of that, it's still part of nature. It's still part of the mother's form, right? And so she has different. There's there's uh, her her nat- her her quality as the world of birth and death, of birth, sustenance, and death, but she's also sanatani, right? Sanatani means means unchanging, eternal. Or here it says that achala, achala tattvam in the Shankaracharya's verse, right? So she's this whole material nature with all its glory and its horror, right? But she's also something that's completely different from it. Right, she's also the she's also Brahman. She's also untouched. She's the unchanging fact, right? So we can see: are we caught on the change? If we get caught on the details of the cha- of the changing world, we're stuck. I mean, if we're, if we're attached to the external world, our mind will be happy when we're happy and sad when we're sad, right? Naturally, suffering when we're suffering and enjoying when we're enjoying. That's what happened. But when we when we're attached to the when we have the experience of the achala tattvam, the unmoving truth, or here sanatani, shakti bhute sanatani, she's the eternal principle, then achala tattve jiva mukti, then we become free. What does it mean for free in life? Jiva mukti does that just mean final liberation. After we die, we go to heaven. After we die, we come home with Brahman. After we die, we go to Vaikuntha. There's, uh, we go to the pure land of Amida Buddha, whatever. You know, that's not what's meant by jiva. Jiva mukti means in while living. So while living, what does it mean? That in spite of all this glory and horror of the changing material world, and, and living in the ocean of birth and death, you're free. Right? That's a, that's a big, big, this is a big point, right? So, Karara, uh, 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 where is it? Karalasya. So the first name, she who has a gaping, fierce uh, mouth, lolling tongue, teeth, all that is implied in this type of stuff, right? Then Karali, Karalicha. Right, and so she has a big gaping mouth, and she's the one with a gaping mouth. <laughs> so it's repeated, right? So here is usually other. I have a few other translations. They um, because it's a, re- it's a word that's repeated, so they usually think there must be a, a subtle difference in meaning, right? So one is that she who has this, right, and the other one she who is the one who is this, right? So she's the one who has a big gaping mouth, right? And she is the one who is that gaping mouth, right? So she's not only the the instrument or the the, the progenitor or the um, instigator or uh, she's the mouth itself. She, the mouth, the one who has the yeah, mouth. she has them. She has them, but she is also so. 
the thing is like, oh my God, Mother Nature, how cruel in her glory. She's glorious and cruel both, right? But even that, in in the experience itself, that's her, right? That that that. Uh, 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 uh. And so then it becomes a different symbol, right? The first is like she's the one who devours everything, but then it becomes a spiritual symbol, right? That the, uh, that becomes a symbol of of real of self real of spiritual realization, right? We learn in the in the traditional commentaries. Uh, 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 on the Kapura Stotram, which is an ancient hymn on Kali, uh, um, it says that this word smashana, the cremation ground, we always say, oh, Kali lives in the cremation ground. It's a symbol of like this, right? And we can give all kinds of meaning. But it says, actually, the meaning of cremation ground is Brahman. Right? The Supreme Brahman, that's called the cremation ground. Right? So when you see she lives in the cremation ground, it means she lives in Brahman. But what does that mean? When you touch Brahman, everything disappears. Everything falls. Everything is destroyed. Right, you know, when 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 the moth enters a fire, you know, or it's like it, the moth disappears, but the fire shines even brighter, right? You know, it's like it's like so so that that the the experience, that horrible experience, is not a horrible experience. Who is it horrible to? In the material world, things die, and it's like, oh, that's un, like that chicken just got killed in front of me, horrible, right? Or you see, and there's a war. I mean, just a few days ago, there's another, another bombing someplace, like horrible, right? But it's also this is the world of birth and death. You know, it's, it's horrible. And beautiful and glorious and nasty, the whole thing, every and messy and neat and everything, right? But as a, but then as a symbol of uh, of, Ma, of experience of Makali, right? When you experience Brahman, what happens? Then everything is destroyed. Our the mental constructions uh, uh, are destroyed. Our, our karmas are destroyed. Everything is swallowed, right? So it's a different. The same name is is repeated, but has a slightly different meaning. One is about the quality of nature. And her nature as as a as a goddess of material, but also the other one as Sanatani, when the un when the in when the universal the impersonal the uh, not impersonal that's not a good word but the non dual is experienced the dual disappears, right? So it's not just a fact that oh, we have to deal with our death and that death is part of life and that's also divine. That's a lower understanding. That's a healthy understanding, a bold healthy understanding, but that but really for the mystic when they experience. What happens? It's just you get you, you know nothing survives. Uh, one of our friends, who is a, uh, our friend Krishna Mohan, who is a very great devotee of Narasimha, and he understands Narasimha very much the way we'd understand Kali. And so in his poetry, that we always see that Kali lives in the cremation ground. He said, "Oh, Narasimha lives in the graveyard of Satchitananda, right, where nothing survives. You know, it's like when 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 the ego enters Satchitananda, it gets ripped apart." Right, so you know, oh, God is the one who, but but the experience itself, the experience of God rips Maya apart, it rips the individual. Uh, our sense of individuality is not doesn't remain the same. The thing that's scared of God doesn't survive the experience. It should be. Uh, as another point, we get to the. I have to uh, look in the clock. Um, the, we'll get back to this point and the, the final of the of this group of names. Like why, who, who is scared of these fierce forms of, uh, of the goddess and we have to see like uh, who's scared of the fierce forms of God like Narasimha Prahlad wasn't scared of Narasimha right he saw Vishnu right but Hiranyakashipu who was a great demon demonic ego uh, thing, he looked he saw him as death one thing seeming God or the person seeing his death right so similarly Kali you can see in one sense she's nature which is horrible and wonderful but other thing Kali, like we look at Kali, I mean, she has, can't you see her? Aren't you scared of her big gaping mouth? We don't see her gaping mouth. We see her sweet smile. Even though the tongue, I mean, we, even the tongue looks beautiful to us, right? 
Right? She's not scary to us, right? Because the part that comes here like that, but there may be a point where, <laughs> when she's about to swallow you whole, right? Where the ego gets, a str- I mean, there's still something as you go deeper and deeper, she can, there's still, right? God is still a scary reality because uh, the ego, our, our sense of ego doesn't survive the experience. She swallows it, right? So, karalasya karalicha. She's the one with a big gaping mouth, and she's, and also she's that that gaping mouth. Kula kanta parajita. So parajita means uh, 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 aparajita. Sorry, aparajita means unconquered, right? So uh, so uh, so she's, and we've gone to this word kula. Kula means many things. Kula means path, Kula means center, Kula means family, Kula means aristocratic, Kula means many things like this. So as, as Kula, Kant, uh, 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 she's Kula Pardayani, she's Kaulini, she's all these names. So she's, and, and it's also, Kula is also the name of a path, a particular path of Tantra. There's Dakshinamarg, broadly there's Dakshinamarg, Vamamarg, and Kaulamarg, Kulamarg. That's, and they're all related. And this text brings the three schools together in every, in every verse, right? So Kula Kanta means related to the Kulas, or of the, I guess, of the Kulas, I think, that we described, uh, how to describe it, like Kamala Kanta, right, is of, related to Kamala, which means Lakshmi, so it means Vishnu, right, so here Kula Kanta, related to the Kulas. So Kula means family, it means retinue, it means group, it means path, it means a particular path, but within any of those interpretations, within that she is un... uh, it's the word uh, undefeated, right? So here, usually, in the way this name is usually inter- usually interpreted, try to make sense of it. Kula Kanta Kula means the groups, all names, all forms, all families, all categories. Another way, it's a way of saying categories. Kula Kanta, the things related to the categories, right? Or the world of multiplicity. Another way to say it. Kula Kanta, everything like that. She. When that comes, it fits the names. When that comes in contact with her, she wins, right? You put duality comes in contact with non-duality. Non-duality doesn't get killed. Duality, duality disappears. Gets swallowed by the previous names. She's the, she swallows it, right? So she's in in the battle. So we always have a joke, like, and all the stories. We had a friend, uh, one of our friends, many years ago. We didn't see him for a long time. He had some legitimate spiritual, and in his life, some difficulty. Right, and so he was a little fit fighting with Ma. Right, so he said, "Why didn't you come? Oh, I'm fighting with Ma." Yeah. Right, that was the thing. And, you know, we all struggle sometimes. You know, like we're a little bit struggling with our spiritual life, or you know, didn't go the way we planned. Something happens that we think maybe you know we we haven't lost faith, but we're we're struggling a little bit, right? And so I was joking. He says, "So far, you know all the stories, right? Has anybody fought with God and won?" Right, <laughs> nobody ever wins in all the battles and all the chandi. The chandi is a great thing, but you know the ending. The ending, the demon's going to die, or the god is going to win. In, in, in the Maha, in, 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 in the Puranas, Krishna always kills a demon. When the Krishna fights a demon, Krishna wins. When Vishnu kills a demon, Vishnu, Vishnu wins. When Shiva fights somebody, you know Shiva's going to win. It, that's just a given, right? So here also, in all, when she's always going to win, right? Uh, both, so both interpreting one, the powers of nature are always going to win. Like you know, no matter what, you know, we're attached to our body, we're attached to our family, we're attached to our bank balance, we're attached to our name and fame and, 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 and image, it's not going to survive. She's going to win as the, the, the bowering mouth, right? But also, 
as the as the divine compared to the duel, she's also going to win. You know, we're not going to. Uh, we can say we're going to lose, but that's our. We're actually going to win. That's going to be our winning. You know, that, that, that's the idea. So, uh, what's the Kula Kanta Parajita, and then Ugra, Ugra, Ugra means uh, uh, fierce, angry, uh, uh, terrible. Um, dreadful, formidable, all these meanings are there, right? So, Ugra. So, it's again, this cluster of names and this form of Kali, specifically, but especially this cluster, of, this beginning cluster of names is presenting the, the Ugra Rupa, the, the angry or the fierce or the slightly scary forms, right? And, uh, like, like the goddess has many beautiful divine forms, right? Lalita Tripurasundari. Right, Bhuvaneshwari, uh, Saraswati, Lakshmi, Annapurna, Tulsi, Vrinda Devi, Manasit, all these beautiful Ganga Devi, these these that are just beautiful, sublime like that. But she also has Ugra forms, Kali, uh, Chandi, uh, Chinamasta, Dumavati, uh, uh, forms of Durga, Chandika. All these there's there's uh, many uh, comp, uh, uh, other forms like this. Right, there's a verse in the uh, there's a in the Chandi, there is a um, uh, Kavacha Mantra. It's four verses or five verses. It's a, a short Kavacha Mantra. And it describes, Oh, may Chandi protect me from the front. May Kala, uh, uh, Kalaratri protect me from the... It was one of those type of things. It's simple, right? And then it, then it says, May you protect me with your spear. May you protect me with your tree shield. It's a very nice invocation, a protective mantra. And then it says... O goddess, O mother, O Ambika, I forget the exact verse, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, not direct. You have forms exquisitely beautiful in the three worlds and forms inconceivably horrifying. Right, all these forms, right? With all of these forms, you please protect me. I like, with all your beautiful forms and all your, and all your ug ugra forms and your shanta forms, right? And so some of that's true of the goddess, that's true of everybody. You have Hanuman has Ugra forms and, 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 and Shanta forms. Vishnu has Ugra forms and Shanta forms. An Ugra form of Vishnu would be Narashinga. He's the most, the most famous one. Right? You know, uh, so it seems horrible. But is it horrible? It, who is it horrible to? Right? right? Uh, uh, there is a verse that says that uh, just like a lion, a lioness, her teeth, when she picks up her cub, you know, picks up, you know, like you picks up a, her cub and picks it up and the cub just like this. And, you know, it's like the, 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 the jaws and teeth of the mother cat or lion on, on, on the neck of its cub is, is like surrender. It's like, it's like the perfect place. It's like, oh, just, they give up and just wherever the mom takes, the mother takes it, puts it down. But those same teeth in the, in, in, on the neck of a rabbit, right, or of prey or of an enemy is death, right? Same teeth. So one is death, the other it's nurturing, right? So similarly, so so the ugra form, who's seeing the ugra forms, right? So that's the thing we look at. Well, we don't see the ugra form, even if I show you, I have I have a collection of really fierce pictures and paintings of Kali, and I love them. I think they're awesome. They don't scare me at all. Maybe they should. And a little bit of healthy respect of, of these forms is important, right? But uh, so many years ago, I, uh, Nanduji was giving some talks on the Chandi many, many years ago. And we got to the point where Kali is a scribe when she first appears in the Chandi. 
and she's she's uh, emaciated and, and thin and her skin's hanging and her bones are piercing through her skin and she's in like bloody claw uh, bloody skins she's holding all these bone weapons it's just like and, and bloodshot eyes like uh, and 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 um uh, sadananda he says but but we don't see her like this right i was like we don't that's not the kali we worship he says well you're not a demon <laughs> if you were a demon you'd you'd see her exactly like this she'd be death Right, the the like we like what like the the kitten looking up at his cat is like wow that's mom, right? But a mouse looking up at a cat like oh no, <laughs> you know like it's not the, it's going to be a different experience, right? Uh, uh, <clears throat> so Ugra, so she's terrible, but this form is not exactly terrible, right? In nature, she has terrible and qualities, but also in 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 the, the higher the divine image. Is what it, it, it's ultimately where it's the it's the ego and it's and the lower uh, um, the enemies of lust, anger, greed, uh, jealousy, pride. The six enemies. These are the real demons. Ultimately, there may there's real demons in the world also, right? But but we also have our own to deal with, right? Uh, there's maybe real. De- I mean, you just open the newspaper. There's demon. The demons are are running the world, right? But we open our. If we look inside, the demons are running our world also, right? That's the problem, right? So uh, and the divine mother, she she's in control. She'll take care of all demons at her own time, as as nature itself. But we are invoking her. This is Navaratri, a time to invoke the god and invoke the mother. So we're invoking her to to uh, her benign forms to give us nourishment and happiness and and sustenance and, and and love and affection and comfort and food and health. All the things that we invoke. We everybody's coming to pray to her but also her ugra forms right to protect us from not just from external enemies but from our own lower propensities in the chandi these are uh, 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 mahishasura these are uh, chanda munda rakta bija dumara lochana shumba nishumba chanda in all these different demons and we in our talks before we they all have very clear symbolic representations right these are different stages things that come up right so we we need also the fierce forms of ma right uh, and also you can see the fierce we can understand even our earthly mother is both loving and fierce very often <laughs> right but and her fierceness is not independent of her lovingness sometimes ma is fierce because she we need a spanking we need a we need a chastisement it's also uh, it's also the mother you know out of love sometimes <laughs> But also, also, also. Anyways, where I'm going. So, uh, uh, um, uh, Ugra. And then it says, uh, Ugra, Ugra Prabha. Right? She's fierce, and she's Ugra Prabha. Prabha means light, illumination, enlightenment. Uh, is is uh, um, like Prabhat means morning. Their first that's dawn, the light of the early dawn of light of the dawn. That's Prabhat, right? Prabha. Um, sorry, let me find find my verses here. Illumination, splendor, light, beauty. So she, she's light, but Ugra Prabha, right? She's blinding light, right? You know, she's uh, the light of the, the sun. How beautiful! But the sun is a fierce thing. It's a giant, exploding, atomic furnace, 
right? You know, but because of that, we get, I mean, we, all of our light comes from that, or our perception, our life itself comes from that. So she is uh, the radiance, it's, it's a fierce radiance, right? And actually, we have this term uh, uh, in, I think you actually may have told me this along many, many years ago, when the King James uh, uh, commissioned groups of scholars to create the King James Bible, version of the translation of the Bible. They had one group of scholars working on the New Testament, the Jesus and his disciples, one working on the Hebrew Torah, the old, what's known as the Old Testament, right? And to describe the same experience, right, they used two words that meant the same thing at the time. One was awful. And the, the Old Testament the scholars used the word awful, means full of awe, right, right? And the other used wonderful, full of wonder. They actually mean the exact same thing, right? But language has changed. <laughs> so now you have an awful God and a wonderful God. You have the you have two very different ideas of God that have come to us due to a purpose, uh, a change in words that meant roughly this, a little bit different. So this ugra also, it's horrible, not horrible. It's actually awful, or wonderful, or overwhelming, right? You know, it's like all these words. Like we could, take, it's 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 over. That's a, probably a good word. Overwhelming, maybe an over a better a better word, right? The infinite is overwhelming. It's awesome, right? Or you know, all these words. You know, it's like from 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 awesome and horrible and wonderful and terrible and ecstatic and frightening. All these, they're, they're, these emotions are so close to each other. They're all experiences of that which is over, overwhel- overwhelming. I think is the best word. It's overwhelming. She is the light. Her light of aware. Her light of is is. It, it's it's. Ugra. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Ugra Prabha, right? It's a very nice, it's a very nice word. Uh, where is the final? I think the final name here. Oh no, Ugra uh, Ugra uh, Prabha Diptaha. Dipta. Dipta means light, right? So she's also light. She's the radiance, that awesome, burning, scorching, overwhelming radiance. But she's also light. Dipta is like a deep, like a light. It's a different type of light. Dipta is like a light that you shine on something. We light a deepa, right? Deepa, this type of light, not like the overwhelming. But she's also so. So this ugra is fierce, burning, scorching sun, right? But she's also gentle, like moonlight. That lights are, are, are like a fire, or a candle, or a lamp. Or we we light. Deepa is something you use in darkness. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, deepa in darkness she comes and shows. So. Like it's like, do you have a torchlight in India? What is that? Because you're walking a dark path, so you need a light, right? So it's that. So she's also, she's also the in comes down and she's shows shows the way. She illuminates, she illuminates us personally, not just the fierce, overwhelming experience of non-duality where everything gets burnt, and and and, <laughs> and destroyed, right? And in, in, in the awesomeness of, of of the one, but she's also the light into the, in the, that gives, gives us light, shows the path, shines the path. In our dark, we're in dark. She's infinite light, and we're in darkness, right? So something. What's what's it from from darkness of ignorance to scorching light of, of ten million suns? It describes okay in, in in the Devi Bhagavatam when the the um, uh, the devas went to the Himalayas to do tapasya, and to get a vision of the goddess to ask to get a boon because Tarakasuda had Tarakasuda had had been born and he had a, so he need, they needed a boon from Devi. When she appeared, actually today in, in, in the in the format of the Navaratri, the Dashmabhita today is for um, uh, uh, Bhuvaneshwari. And so Bhuvaneshwari appears in the, in the Devi Bhagavatam to them. And when they see her, 
first they they get they're blinded, ugra prabha, right? And is infinite like and it describes it's like ten thousand suns rising simultaneously, right? But then it says but cooling like ten thousand moons. Right, it's also very, it's like this unique type of thing, you know. So it's, it's over, but at the same time, she's so beautiful, right? She's she's both Ugraprabha and deep and dipta, or like this, right? This type of thing, and then and and then slowly, slowly, that infinite pillar, infinite light beyond all darkness, right, took on the form of a woman, that was uh, Bhuvaneshwari, and then they had some discussion called Devi Gita in the in Bhagavatam that's called the Devi Bhagavatam that's called the Devi Gita important 700 verses like the Bhagavad Gita 700 verses this is Devi Gita 700 verses very important text but the same idea there she's both that blinding light but she's also the light that's for us that brings brings light into our darkness to remove our darkness not just to scorch our dark <laughs> scorch everything and leave <laughs> like this both things are there and then Ugra Ugra Prabha Deepta Viprachitta Mahanana. So Vip, two last names. If I have enough time before I T. Viprachitta. Vipra. Vipra is a term. It's a Vedic term uh, for sage or Brahmana, right? But it's a Vedic term for Brahm. Not the the term Brahman or Brahmana, the uh, which is the uh, the um, the Varna. Right, uh, the Brahmin caste or the Brahmin like that. That's one of the names for. Is there's several names. There's Brahmana, there's Vipra, there's uh, Dvija, twice born. There's different names like that. But this name Vipra has a deeper meaning. It's not, it doesn't just mean a Brahmin, and by birth or or, or or by caste or by profession, right? Or by family. It's a different thing altogether. Vipra means one who has, one who knows, right, and. In the original text, there's many verses. I actually wrote, scribbled a few down. Right? It says, uh, one definition of vipra, one is vipra who due to knowledge. Right? And we're not born, no matter what family we're born, doesn't mean we're born, we're not born with any knowledge. We're born quite ignorant, most of us. Some people are born with unusual knowledge. That's unusual cases, right? There's a few cases people are born with, with deep wisdom. Most of us are born quite stupid. Uh, from my experience, right? we're born. I'm not super. We're born children. We're born little kids. Don't know anything. You know, don't know much, right? Right. Uh, so, having no, vipra, somebody who has knowledge. So you're not born a vipra, right? Um, so, actually, it says you're not even born a Brahmin. People are born in Brahmin families traditionally, in, in the way it's it's been passed down. But when Brahmin is also a knower of Brahmin. There's a verse that says a knower of Brahmin is called a Brahmana, right? When we're born. We're not. We don't know anything. Right, there's one verse in the Tantras uh, that that's uh, criticizing the the caste uh, body caste birth caste idea. He says, when somebody's born out of the womb, does he have a, uh, any thread? Does he know any mantras? Does he have a sacred? Does he have any markings on his forehead? So all these things are given later, right? As he gets older and he gets knowledge, all these things are given, right? You know, if 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 he gets that knowledge, right? We're born. Actually, scripture says we're born. All, everybody's born sudra. Everybody's born without any knowledge in the beginning. And then by quality and by work, we get knowledge. It's not unrelated to families. Being born, there's a karmic reason you're born in certain families, right? And then being in sports of family, you get certain training, right? So naturally, like, you know, like uh, I've, I've, my high school, I had a very good high school, we had a very good high school friend that his father was a doctor and he became a doctor. That's the way it works sometimes, you know, like, <laughs> you know, but not always the case. A doctor doesn't always have a doctor's son. 
right? You know, like 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 for instance, my my parents weren't sannyasis, right? <laughs> or they were really bad sannyasis. <laughs> you know, that's not the way it works. So it's like it's like there's there's it's not a, it's not unrelated, but vipra is unrelated. The actual definition, although it's a name that we give the brahmanas, because brahmanas should be vipras, they should have knowledge. But vipra is is a wise man, a sage. Right, and a, a sage can be in any situation. And to add to this is this this, uh, this famous what is it? Ekka, ekkam sat. What is it? Ekkam. I have it also here. Thank you. Right. So this means that here use the word vipra. The, that uh, ekkam such that the truth is actually one. There's only one truth, but the sages speak of him in different ways. Right, so this is given that uh, this is uh, this is considered a, a, a Vedic verse that showing the universality of religion. There's one truth, but different religions speak of it differently, and different sages speak of it differently. But this vipra is very important because the vipras speak of them, diff- and they they describe the one in many different ways. It's not what it's Vedanta. It's spoken in different ways, described in different ways. It's not different. It's said in different ways. So this term vipra. Uh, 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 Viprachitta. Viprachitta chitta is the thinking quality. Right? So the viprachitta, she viprachitta yoenamaha is the mantra that's given, right? So we we bow to the one who is the to the viprachitta is described in different ways. It's, it's, a, it's a direct description of this of that Vedic verse. Right? The one that the sages, the wise people, just make many or describe differently. Or the different sages describe have different types of experiences. This chitta Chitta here means thinking, but it also means um, mo- uh, variety. Right? It has that type of term, and all the commentaries have described it like that. That's like the, the, the one that the sages, is many in the minds of sages, something like that, right? So it's also, this is all the thing, is that all these verses, they seem, these Ugra, Ugra Prabha, and Deepta, and, and uh, um, Karalala, and this type of thing. This is the, the overwhelming nature of the one, but it's also the one that step down is experienced by the wise, by the sages, by, by saints, right, by devotees, right? It can also be, we, can, we can't comprehend it, but she can enter our mind. She can be the purified mind. Vipra means a purified mind also, right? So viprachitta, and then mahanana. Viprachitta, mahanana, the final verse here. So Mahanana is almost a, re- a repetition. It's used in a different language of that karala, that the gaping mouth. It means was um, uh, um, uh, um, a great maha, great face, a great mouth, something like that. Same thing. Is that whose countenance or whose experience, or whose presentation is he, here? Maha great is very, but also means horrible or terrible. But also, I think when you see. Like in, 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 in the Bhagavatam, it also says, and Purusha says, who is that Purusha? Who is that great Adi Purusha? One eye is the sun, one eye is the moon. Right? His third eye is fire. Right? You know, it's like his front side is life, his back side is death. His head is the heavens, his feet are the hells. Right? So imagine if you saw such a being. He's, he's, his, his face would be, hor- be overwhelming. Over, not over. Not horrifying, but over, over, overwhelming. It's a, overwhelming is a better word, perhaps a, a more modern word, right? Even, Krish, even Arjuna, when he sees the universal form, he says, I'm over, I can't handle it. I want to see a more acceptable form, a form that's more familiar. Then he takes on his forearm form of Vishnu, and then he becomes his chariot, two-arm form is Krishna, his friend. 
you can comprehend them, but now he has a different idea. He knows that that boy, that man who's, who's his friend, is also the absolute, who has one eye as a sun, one eye as a moon, and who swallows the entire universe. And, uh, who, actually, he also he swallows, he swallows the entire universe. He's seen all the, all the um, he's seen lines of, 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 the, of, of the chariot, of all the, all the soldiers being ground in his teeth. Same as this form of, of Kali that's described here. The same experience. So experience, when you actually experience what God actually is, it becomes, oh my God. Oh my God, God. God is, oh my God. That's, <laughs> oh my God is a good reaction to experience of your God. <laughs> it's a very good reaction, you know. Right? But, but Viprachitta also, it's also understandable through the mind, through the teachings of saints and sages and devotees. Right? So it's, it's, it's an overwhelming, immense reality. But it's also, so when Krishna sees Arjuna, when Arjuna sees Krishna after that, right, he now sees a different Krishna. He doesn't see the absolute, he can't, he can't hold it, right? But he sees the limited form of Krishna sitting in front of him, giving him advice. But he knows behind, he's, that the one he calls Krishna is more than he thinks, right? So that's the thing, that brings us up to the, our original point when we started the thing, that we can never reason 10 million years, we won't understand God's qualities, right? But what we do get, when we do have these names and forms of God, mantras, images, stories, ideas of God, right? They're true, but they're not what we think. They become ways for us to think about something that's infinitely unthinkable, right? Of the, that's, that's overwhelming, that even a little bit of it would, would, would be our death. We couldn't handle it. I mean, it is. I mean, the, the individual, you know, Sri Ramakrishna says that a salt dog goes into the ocean to measure the depth. Who comes back to tell the depth? It, it, it won't survive it, right? You know, it's like it's, we, the, the limited can never understand the, the unlimited, and the experience of the unlimited is the end of the limited. That I don't know if I said that. I'm, I don't remember what I just said. This happens after. So, so, but we still have to think of God. We still have to meditate upon these names and forms and qualities and stories, chant the mantras, do the sadhana, right? Uh, uh, sing the songs, right? Because it's like taking the basket to the water, right? Slowly, by doing so doing, we become purified. We become purified, then we have anubhava, we have direct experience. Not understanding, exactly, right? But we have a, a deep, uh, personal, direct uh, realization. So this is our, um, um, oh, one thing, a last point I want to make. I think I wrote, scribbled it down here. So this group of names and all these groups of names of Kali that we've been reading, We've been reading Sarah Life Boy just came from the Kali Sahasranama, the, the hundred thousand names of Kali. We're only, after many months, we're on verse 7. Uh, uh, but these Kali, there's a, there's a song we were thinking the other day, reminding ourselves, reminding somebody, uh, uh, that says um, uh, of, of Ramprasad, Ramprasad Sen, that medieval poet, singer. And he says, if you want your life to stay the same, do not worship my mother Kali. That was his first thing like that. Because Kali is a very transformative deity. Right? Sri Ramakrishna said, uh, uh, I forget the, the I, I know the verse or the, the line, but he says that in Kali Yuga, Kali is Jagrat, awake. Right? There's something transformative. She's Kriya Shakti, she's a goddess of Kriya, of, of, of action. She, things move very fast. Right, and one of the ways she moves very fast is that she's that that uh, like uh, uh, 
we have many because we have many due to purva samskara uh, tendencies of past lives so many karmas of past lives like that that are right this life we don't understand and we can't deal with what about unlimited past lives of samskaras and karmas right and but by lighting the fire by shining a bright light by you know it's like by you know uh, screaming loudly into the dark you know something you 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 stir things up right <laughs> you stir you know the 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 ocean gets churned the, unco- the things that are hidden in the unconscious and the subconscious in 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 the and that's what we use in modern psychology in in and yoga these are in 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 the in the, uh, 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 in in vigyana sharira where our karmas and our latent karmas are in seed form you know we're bringing them up we're we're, we're through these kind of fierce shakti tremendous shakti tremendous heat tremendous fire tremendous power shakti puja means worship of power right and to invoke all this power all this energy all this light all this all this movement um things you stir things up and therefore you clear things right and so we th- we think that if like so the uh, uh, shakta especially in, during this time and the worship of kali especially by worshiping kali invoking kali you go through many lives in one life right and sometimes people experience god it seems like it goes through a life every day right so it's a little exhausting it's hard to keep up right you know it's like it's a, it's a, uh, you, you don't know where you are sometimes you know because that's what you're doing you're stirring things you're 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 clear you're bringing things up clearing them bringing things up clearing them your your present karmas you're burning the other karmas you're bringing up and other karmas that are you burn even in their seed form that patanjali mentioned by sadhana right this is a very powerful powerful sadhana. so this fierce so in that sense she's this is fierce worshiping the fierce aspect means she's going into disinfectant right uh, it's going you know deep crevices you know it's like you put um, uh, uh, rubbing alcohol into a wound it kills the germs that it hurts Right, it's a, it's a, it's a direct, it's a very strong uh, medicine. Yeah. Three ayas. Hmm. Oh yeah, yes, so there is one wonderful tantric Sri Aya uh, from Sri Vidya Upasak Guruji from uh, in New York. He said he described the difference between Lalita and Kali. He says the same mother, right? But mood is different, right? He says so. Let's say you want to, you're stuck inside of a house and you have the infinite outside. Right, so how to get out? Right, she says, "Oh, Lalita, please help me." So she comes, little girl. First, she comes as Bala. She comes, five-year-old girl. She holds you by the hand. You let's go look over here, and then you play with her, and like you, you braid her hair. Like, and you go over here and you look at some butterflies and some flowers. Before you know it, you're out, out of the house. Slowly, slowly, from from pretty thing to pretty thing, you go out. Right. It takes some time, but slowly you go out. Right. And he says, so let's say again, you you're on one side of the door, in trapped in the, in, in a room, and outside is the infinite. Uh, outside right? and, and Kali's on the outside she says Kali please help me so she reaches through the keyhole and rips you through <laughs> it's instant but it's not pleasant <laughs> of course it is pleasant this is only a path of love like that but she, he's kind of joking but this is because uh, she's you know Ugra Ugra Prabha you know she sees that, that she has that quality also but that's true. Of, but also, that's true of every goddess form, every god form. Everybody has to. We sometimes speak like this. Oh, Bhakti is the easy path compared to Jnana, or uh, Kali is a difficult goddess compared to 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 Lalita, or or compared to Krishna, like that. That's true. But one may be the speed may be different. But everybody has to go through the fire. Everybody has to. My Guruji said the way to heaven is through hell. 
right? We all have to go through purification. We all the, the, that which is dross has to be purified. That which is selfish has to be overcome. Uh, vices have to be overcome. Uh, divine virtues have to be developed. The, the mind has to become purified. Then devotion awakens, and that it's true that the work has to be done by everybody. There's no way around it, right? But if you want your life to remain the same, do not worship my mother Kali. It's still a good line, <laughs> the very good line of of of. Uh, uh. And it seems those who worship Ma sometimes we pray to Ma, please help us. And she does help us in so many ways. She's like that if we need. But for the sadhak who prays to her, then sometimes things get com- seem to be a little rough. Right, there's another song of Ramprasad. It says, Ah, now I understand you, mother. Right, those who praise you as hymns get punished twice as hard. Right, it's <laughs> okay. Like, we're your devotees, and this is what's happening, but it's because of her love. She's, she's letting us go through life quickly, purifying and making progress quickly. Rather than, we can be comfortable with uh, Gita Prana, when uh, that Sanyasini from the Ramakrishna Mission who spoke here, she says, What happens? We, become, we pray to be comfortable in our samsara. This is what we come to the temple, we go to temples. Ma, please make my samsara comfortable. Right? Let us be healthy, may us have enough to eat, let us be sattvic. We want to be holy and God-centered, but we want to be comfortable in samsara. Right? And that's legitimate that we've come to the world of samsara because we want to be here. We can be here if we want. But if you want to wake up from samsara, then then Ma, please wake me up, then please wake me up from samsara. Then she's gonna you know, whatever it takes, slowly, whatever, either hold you by the hand smelling flowers or ripping you through the keyhole or cutting off your head or ripping up your abdomen or, 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 or putting garlands on you, whatever the whatever appropriate to our, our karmas, our desire, our natural relationship to God. will be exactly 6.30. We'll end here. Uh, happy Navaratri, everybody. Spring Navaratri, today is day three. Right? And so in, and also, in there's different ways of worshiping Navaratri. One is to worship the Navadurgas. One is to worship the Dashmahavijas. One is to worship three days Kali Durga, three days Lakshmi is few days, Saraswati. So today actually is, is the last of the Kali days. So it's actually, and part of that is we need, uh, we need our lower tamasic propensities destroyed. And then we can invoke Saraswati and Lakshmi, the other aspects of the Divine Mother. Thank you for your kind attention. Jai Ma Kali.